This morning, we are continuing our Messianic Jewish Discipleship 101 series, and we are going to address the question, why Zakenim? Why elders? A helpful starting point for our discussion is to realize that from Genesis to Revelation, elders are mentioned as leaders among the people of God in heaven and on earth. Because this was the case for thousands of years, it was normative for synagogues in the first century to have zakenim, elders. For example, we are told in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, when Yeshua had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Kephernachem. There, a centurion servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Yeshua and sent some elders of the Jews, some zakenim, to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Yeshua, these elders, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Yeshua went with them. Here we see that these elders were connected to a local synagogue. There is a wonderful book entitled From Synagogue to Church, Public Services and Offices in the Earliest Christian Communities by James Birchall, published by Cambridge University Press, that raises the question, to what extent did the early shlichim, the early apostles, use the synagogue as a working model when they established Messianic Jewish congregations? Birchall concludes in his section on the continuities between synagogue and church that, quote, we have been reassembling the evidence for a plausible continuity in community organization from the Hellenistic Jewish synagogue to the early Christian church. There are also clear similarities in the structures of community offices. The presiding officer, who was the head elder, the college of elders, and the assistant appear to carry over from synagogue to church. To this extent, church and synagogue were functionally alike, typically, if not uniformly. It is fair to say that the Jews who formed the archetypical churches followed the basic structural lineaments of community organization already familiar to them in the synagogue. This would not be unnatural since it was synagogues they thought they were forming at first, unquote. This leads us to the question, where in the New Testament do we see the shlichim, the apostles, appointing zakenim, elders, over the newly formed messianic 
congregations. Let's take a look at a few examples. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 14, verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed Zakhanim, elders, for them in each congregation, and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord, in whom they had put their trust. Paul wrote to Titus, his emissary to the Corinthian community, that he should appoint elders over all the congregations that he served. We are told in Titus chapter 1, verse 5, the reason I left you in Crete, Titus, was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So, what is the little harvest of what we have learned so far? One point is that it was normative for synagogues in the Second Temple period to have zakenim, elders. A second point is that the first Messianic Jewish congregations followed a synagogue model of government and therefore had zakenim, elders. This brings us to the fundamental question we want to address this morning. Why elders? I would like to suggest that according to the Brit Chadashah, the New Testament, elders serve three primary purposes. The first purpose is to serve as shepherds. Shimon writes in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 2, to the Zakenim, elders among you, I appeal as a fellow Zaken, as a fellow elder, be shepherds of God's flock that is, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Elders are first and foremost shepherds who are called to pastorally care for the members of their community. Peter goes on to say that they are episcopeo, that they are to serve as overseers, or to put it in another way, to oversee the affairs of the community. Peter goes on to underscore that elders are not self-appointed, but they are serving under the sar haroim, the chief shepherd. This shepherd imagery for elders also appears in the book of Acts. Luke reminds us of Paul's final words to the zakenim, the elders of the congregation in Ephesus. Paul says to them in Acts chapter 20, verses 25 and 28, he says, Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has made you overseers. Be shepherds 
of the congregation of God. Again, we have the word episkopos, overseers, those who oversee the affairs of the community. Here, Paul instructs the elders to lirot et edat ha'adon, to be shepherds of the congregation of God. Like Peter, Paul makes the point that zakenim are not self-appointed shepherds. Rather, the Spirit of God has appointed them into these roles, serving under the good shepherd, Haroe Hatov, they are charged to oversee and care for the flock. How do they do this? First, by feeding the flock with the word of God. Second, by guiding the flock through discipleship. And third, by attending to any injuries in the flock. As an example of this, Yaakov, the brother of Yeshua, says in James chapter 5, verse 15, is any one of you sick? He should call the zakenim, the elders of the congregation, to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. This is just one example of how the elders as shepherds are to care for the well-being of the flock. At Tikvot Israel, one of the reasons that the elders began our Messianic Jewish Discipleship 101 series is that we felt that as shepherds, our flock needed to be fed more. We want you to think of Lloyd. Where's Lloyd? There's Lloyd. And Robert. And me as those whom the Lord has appointed as shepherds in our community. We are far from perfect, but we are here for you if you need counsel, prayer, or some other kind of pastoral care. A second purpose of elders is to guard the flock. Let's return to Paul's final words to the Zakenim, the elders from Ephesus. He says to them in Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 30, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, Men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So, be on your guard. Similarly, Paul writes to Titus in Titus chapter 1, verse 9. He says, He, an elder, must hold firmly to the trustworthy word as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who contradict it. One of the purposes of an elder is to protect the community from strange teachings that are not in accord with God's word. Over the years, I have found that people with weird ideas 
tend to gravitate to the Messianic Jewish community. Have you noticed that? Is that just my imagination? For example, I once met a person at a Messianic synagogue who told me that he was Elijah and that he had come to prepare the way for the Lord. Ay, 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 ay. A couple of months ago, I was away on a trip, and David Ween was serving as the rabbi in training. David noticed a visitor handing out religious literature to other visitors in the congregation. What chutzpah! When David saw what was happening, his instincts to protect the flock kicked in, and he gently intervened so that the visitors were steered to our bookstore where they could find trustworthy resources. Don't we have an excellent rabbi in training? Yeah? Yeah. Sometimes the challenge is a little closer to home. For example, recently I was told about a visitor in our community who has been going up to people and promoting one law doctrine. That is a variant of the teaching that Paul strongly opposed in Galatians, the view that God expects all Gentile believers to keep the Torah, including those commandments that are boundary markers of Jewish identity, such as circumcision, Shabbat, the Jewish festivals, keeping kosher, etc. History has shown that this is a very divisive teaching, and Paul refers to it as another gospel. This past week, I even heard a rumor about another person who was going around and asking people to sign a petition that Rabbi David should be replaced because he does not agree with one law doctrine. Oi, Gewalt. This is one reason why we have elders to protect the flock from people who would propagate strange teachings in our community. Are you glad that we have elders? I was talking with Lloyd this morning, and he was saying that the real issue is not having a different view. We are all on the learning curve. We are all on a journey. Let's remember that God is the truth. The Bible is the truth about the truth. And good theology, accurate theology, is the truth about the truth about the truth. A person can privately hold a different view than the community, but be at peace with it. They can also enter into an ongoing conversation with the rabbi and the elders about the difference of opinion, a conversation that is healthy and constructive and where learning and growth takes place, even over the course of years. The problem comes in when a person pushes against the teachings of the elders and our denomination and tries to promote a different view in the community that causes division and disunity. One thing the elders did this week was that we added to the Tikvot Israel website 
two new sections at the bottom of the About page. So this is the bottom of the About page. One section is entitled What We Believe. That's the one on the bottom, uh, if we could go back a moment. On the bottom left. And the other section is entitled Position Papers. If you go to the What We Believe page, let's go there, you will find our statement of faith, which is from our denomination, the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations. This statement, I think, communicates clearly and at times beautifully what we as a community believe God's Word teaches about a number of foundational areas. And I encourage all of us, if we could uh, keep that up for a moment, and I encourage all of us to go to the website and read through it and, and think about it and reflect on it. And if you have questions about it, come to the elders. And we are very happy to process these questions with you. If you go to the position papers page, is the next screen, you will find a number of links that will take you to various stances that our community has on areas where there is often confusion. So these include defining Messianic Judaism. Do we have a next page or? Okay. So you see we have def defining Messianic Judaism, statement on the identity of Yeshua, a working definition of Jewish identity, and Gentiles, and Torah. And I encourage all of us, again, to go to those links, click them, and you'll see all kinds of things to read about what our position is as a community on those areas. Our hope is that these online resources will help all of us as members of Tikvot Israel, as well as the wider Jewish and Christian community to better understand what our community believes. It is also our hope as elders that the members of our community will become advocates for what we believe and will help us create a synagogue environment where strange teachings can't circulate in our community because our, because our members themselves when they see these uh, strange teachings being promoted, stand up and say, I'm sorry, but if you look at our website, you'll see that this crazy teaching has no place in our community. This is not consistent with the teachings of our elders or our denomination. So we want all of us as members to if we see someone who's promoting these things in our community, to have the, to have the, um, the chutzpah, to, to stand up and to say, look, take a look at the website and you'll see that this is not consistent with what our community believes. And this brings us to a third purpose of the elders, which is to serve as judges and final decision makers. Throughout the Hebrew scriptures, we find reference to the elders at the gate. That is, men who had the authority 
to make final decisions about conflicts that arose in the community. During the Second Temple period, elders continued to serve in this role in the synagogue context. In the New Testament, we have a number of examples of this. For example, Yeshua teaches in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, he teaches, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the congregation. And if he refuses to listen even to the congregation, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. When Yeshua says, tell it to the congregation, he does not mean tell it to all the members of the synagogue. That would be Lashon Hara. And that somehow all the members of the synagogue will then take a vote about who is right and who is wrong. That is not what Yeshua meant. Rather, Yeshua is explaining to his disciples that the final stage of a conflict resolution process is for the offended party to go to the leaders of the congregation. That is, in the first century, the zakenim, the elders. And the elders will judge the matter and make a final decision. Another example in the New Testament where we see the elders serving as judges and final decision makers is the Jerusalem Council decision. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 2, he says, Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the Gentile brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. In Acts chapter 15, verse 6, we are told, the apostles and elders met to consider this question. In the end, they decided that Paul and Barnabas were correct. Gentile believers did not need to be circumcised. And they wrote a letter to the Gentile believers, letting them know this. Paul and Barnabas were then appointed to visit the predominantly Gentile congregations and to deliver this authoritative letter to them. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 16, verse 4, as Paul and Barnabas traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. Here, we have an example of elders serving as judges and final decision makers with the apostles to resolve a community conflict.
Here at Tikvot Israel, Lloyd, Robert, and I regularly make decisions of a halachic nature. We also make ourselves available to members who are committed to the Matthew 18 process and are in need of conflict resolution. It is not always easy, but we do our best to make right decisions based on the facts of the situation, based on what scripture and tradition teaches, and based on the wisdom that comes from joint counsel and the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Today, we have continued our series on Messianic Jewish Discipleship 101. And I have asked the question for us all to consider, why Zakenim, why elders? And I put forward three reasons based on the scriptures for why elders were appointed in first century Messianic Jewish synagogues. The first reason is that elders are to serve as shepherds and overseers who care for the flock. The second reason is that elders are to guard the flock and protect the flock. And the third reason, according to the scriptures, is that elders are to serve as judges and final decision makers in the community.